You're listening to another life-transforming message from C3 Church San Diego. For more information on our church, go to c3sandiego.com. Okay, Deuteronomy chapter 1. This is a good one. This is fun. Verse 6 says, The Lord our God said to us at Horeb, this mountain, You have stayed long enough at this mountain. Break camp. Everyone say, break camp. It says, break camp and advance into the hill country of the Amorites. Go to all the neighboring peoples in the Arabah, in the mountains, in the western foothills, and the Negev, and along the coast, to the land of the Canaanites, and to Lebanon, as far as the great river, the Euphrates. See, I have given you the land. Go in and take possession of the land the Lord swore he would give you, give to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and to their descendants after them. Man, what, what a passage. Advance. It's time to break camp and advance. And just at the beginning of this, I wanted to remind us this morning that there's more yet to be done, more that God has for you, more territory to take, more, more land to, to step into. And I'll grab onto that, you know, that word from the vision builders, uh, more homes to purchase. Come on, anyone believing for that in your life? You know, more, more, to, more to step into. There's promises that God gave the Israelites, and Moses is here to remind them, hey, listen, It's time to step into it. It's time to advance into the promises of God. And whatever it is that maybe you've been reserved from, held back from, not yet stepped into, not yet seen the fulfillment of it, I just want to remind you that God's promises are faithful, they're true, and he will fulfill what he said. And God is calling us to to advance. If you thought, this is it, this is all I have, Maybe you've wondered, is this all there is? I just want to remind you, no, there's more, right? God's calling us to to advance, and that's what this whole series has been about, and the season has been about. But like in this story, they, they find themselves camping. Now, this is a weekend where maybe people are camping and skipping church, and that's why God made it rain. I don't want to point out the obvious, but <laughs> judgment. So, <laughs> actually, there'll be some people coming in late that are wet and decide to give up on camping and come back to church. So, <laughs> um, you know, uh, as a as a kid growing up, we we do a lot of camping and and but we always tent camp when we were first younger, and I'm not a fan, and, uh, because here's the deal, I don't care how waterproof that Scots guard said it was going to make your tent, it's a lie, it's all a lie, there is no such thing as a waterproof tent, that's called a hotel, okay, <laughs> that's a waterproof tent, okay, Tents aren't waterproof. There's never been a waterproof tent. I've never seen one. I've slept in many that said they were, and they're not, okay? And and guarantee when you do the family camping trip, somehow planets align and rain comes on your campsite. It could be sunny everywhere else. It will rain where you're camping. And, And I remember many times waking up, and you're in a pool of water and just hoping it's rain. You know what I'm saying? And, uh... 
But you, you're just, I just felt like every single time, you know, it'd just be soaking. And by, by the end of it, you know, you're sleeping in your car or getting a hotel. But thankfully, my, the Lord blessed my family. We upgraded to tent trailers. And then Isaac and I have rented an RV at, at Emerge. You know what I'm saying? So we got smart and, and God put his favor on us. And then we could wake up refreshed and make fun of everybody who slept in tents. So unless you're stronger than me and you stay in a tent like Gabe Axtell, then you're amazing, okay? Um, but, you know, for real, though, in our lives, there are different things that end up kind of getting us in a place where we stay camped when God's calling us to advance, right? What, what are those things maybe in your life that got you camping? And maybe some disappointments from the past? He's got your life camping. God's got promises. God's got things yet to fulfill. But here you are camped out. Here you are just stuck. You've been here for too long. You've been here long enough, like, like the scripture says. Maybe, maybe it's a past failure. Maybe it's an addiction. Uh, maybe it's some pain. There's been some, some abuse. There, there could be so many reasons why. Maybe even comfortability has got you stuck, got you camping, got you stationary. Where you at? You know, I think, I think for me, I, obviously, you know, the obvious, you know, discouragement or disappointment can be one of the biggest things that gets you stalled out, that gets you stopped. Uh, but also comfortability. Ever notice that? You know, sometimes you're in a fight, you reach a certain level of comfortability, and nothing stalls you out like comfort. Not, nothing can get you stationary like a little bit of success. Not a lot, but a little bit. Enough to where it kind of stops the bleeding, and then you start coasting, right? A little bit of success can be the most dangerous thing in our lives. A little bit of prosperity, a little bit of comfort, a little bit of ease, and all of a sudden, I've been here too long, at a plateau, not really going forward, because maybe I don't feel enough pain to really do something about it, right? But God's called you to advance. God's got more for you. Don't, don't stay camping. Don't, don't get stuck where you're at. Don't get stationary for too long. You know, sometimes there are plateaus. There are ebbs and flows in our journey towards everything that God has for us. But you know what? The, the plateau, the camp out, that's for a night. It's for a season. It's for a breather. It's to get refreshed. But then it's time to break camp and advance, right? It's time to break camp and advance. It's time to step in to everything that God has for him. That's what he wants to do in our lives here this morning. Let me pray, and then I'm going to get into the rest of it. Y'all thought I was already preaching, but I haven't yet. Let me pray. In Jesus' name, help us. Uh, thank you, God, for your presence here. Thank you for your word. God, help us to advance into everything that you've called us to do. God, I pray for any of us who are in this space where we're found camping out on something, uh, discouragement or disappointment or whatever it is, God, I pray you help us to break camp and, and advance in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. You know, one of the biggest misconceptions I think about advancing or reason why we don't advance is that because a lot of times we can assume that taking ground should be easy, especially if I'm a Christian. 
There, there, there should be an ease. It, it should be natural. There shouldn't be a struggle. There shouldn't be adversity. There shouldn't be a challenge because, man, God's with me, and, and I'm a Christian. You know, when I was um, kind of first doing some research to write the following Jesus book, I, I did some kind of online surveys, and I asked this question. I was like, okay, what's one thing you wish you'd kind of known when you first gave your life to Christ? And, and I got so many, you know, some great different responses, but one I got commonly was, I wish somebody had told me that it wasn't going to be automatic when I first got saved. And sometimes unintentionally we can preach this uh, theology of ease, not only in the church, but in just in culture. Everybody wants something for free. Everybody wants it given to them. Everybody wants the handout. Everyone thinks they're owed something. Everyone thinks that success should come without a struggle of any kind. And even as a Christian, it's like, man, I said yes to Jesus. I raised my hand. I said the prayer. I made the declaration of faith. Now, how come it ain't all easy? How come isn't it all just working out? And we have this, this wrong perception that advancing, if God's with me, should come without a struggle. And even if we wouldn't ever say that out loud, there's something on the inside of us that struggles with that, and then we end up shrinking back. We end up not advancing because there's this, this wrong assumption. But the reality is that most, if not all, advancement comes via adversity. Almost all advancement, every, every new season God takes you into usually is coming through the route of adversity. You know, um, those years back when God called us to move from the Northwest down to kind of start a new work here in San Diego and base here at C3 San Diego, uh, it, it sounds great, obviously, moving from rain to sun, or at least theoretically sun, and uh, but, you know, we had left the comfort of the jobs. We stepped out in faith. It was this crazy move of faith. But we, we knew God was in it. But when we were in kind of those final decision moments, we had this easy option that was kind of all bills paid and promotions coming in a different state. And then we had the no job, no security, no comfort, no nothing except for a beach, which was good. Come on, somebody. Uh, down here in San Diego, and, and God said through multiple people these prophetic words, hey, you got an easy option, you got a hard option, choose the hard one. Several times. And thankfully, that's kind of what I was feeling anyway, so I, I was good about it, but then someone said, no, no, it's going to be harder than you think, and, and, and it really was. But why would God, if he's a nice God, why would he tell me to choose the hard one? Doesn't he love me? <laughs> you know, why would he want me to go through adversity? Why would he want to send me down that path? Why would Jesus, you know, come up out of the water and get the amazing, you know, word from God, this is my son whom I love, whom I'm well pleased in, and, and, and the, the dove descends and the Holy Spirit comes, and then God sends him into the desert, you know what I'm saying, to get tested, by the enemy. What, 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 about all the, what about all the love? You know what I'm saying? Where would all that come from? But think about even in that story of break camp in advance, God's telling them to advance, which sounds good. Man, that, that should be easy. Land flowing with milk and honey. But what were they advancing into? They're advancing into a battle. They're advancing into giants. They're advancing into the walls of Jericho that were unbreakable, un unscalable kind of a situation. Like God called them into the battle. 
God called them into adversity. So sometimes we never advance because we are, we are afraid of the battle or we are adverse to pain or struggle or assume that if God's in it, then there, it, should, it should be an easy battle that I don't have to sweat for. And then a lot of times we stay camping because of it. But our lives and the kingdom of God, 16 campuses in this, this region, that ain't going to come without a battle. That ain't going to come without a fight. The, every dream and purpose and vision that God's put on the inside of you, guess what? It's going to happen with a battle. It's going to happen because of your willingness to step into, to advance into the challenge and into adversity. So I want to talk about advancing in adversity. I want to talk about taking ground. You know, you don't got to wait till it's all easy before you can advance, right? It isn't like we just kind of like pray that we survive the storm in difficult times, but actually we can advance in adversity. We can advance in the face of challenge, in the face of the battles, in the face of difficult things that we're facing. And how do we do that? Let me give you a few things. First is that we have to embrace adversity as a gift. We have to embrace adversity. Embrace it. Love it. Now, nobody really likes to do that. <laughs> yeah, challenges. <laughs> Fun. <laughs> but when you realize what it does in you, right? When we realize what the adversity actually produces in us, that's when I learn to love it. That's when I learned how to welcome it as a friend, welcome it as somebody in my life. You know, I haven't got a lot of things right, but, but some of the things I have is, is my, my parents have taught me how to embrace the challenge, to not get fearful of difficulty, to not freak out in the, in the face of adversity, but understand that the test and the struggle produces something in me. Romans 5, 3 says this, not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance and perseverance, character and character, hope, character, hope. Man, look, look at this. We, we glory in our sufferings because we know it produces something. Man, if you think pain is just be, because life sucks and that's just what you have to deal with, then it's a little bit discouraging. But when I realize that in all these things, I'm more than a conqueror, when I realize that, that God is working everything out for my good, then I understand that even in the middle of pain, even in the middle of the struggle, even when I'm in the fire, right, Come on, this is a great song to sing today. Come on, somebody. You know, even when I'm in the middle of, of the, the most difficult situations, that, that I understand that it's, it's producing life in me. It's producing perseverance in me. It's developing a, a character in me and something about the storm and something about the struggle that, that it produces something. And, and I, would, I would imagine most of, most of us could probably attest to things like this, but... I felt like, you know, there's been different seasons, but specifically in the, the transition season I was just talking about, you know, stepping out in faith like we did and trusting God like we did and going for it, you know, and, you know, to launch into something new like we did, it developed something in us that we didn't have before, right? 
it developed a strength in us that I didn't know. It, it worked spiritual muscles in me that I didn't even realize I was weakened before, right? It, it, it actually brought muscles I didn't even realize I had. Since I can't experience that in like my physical body, <laughs> cancel. <laughs> Just making sure Steve Weatherford's not here. And uh, <laughs> if you want to see muscles you haven't seen before, check out his Instagram account. And, uh, you know, it develops something in us and continues to. And when you go through adversity, you go through challenge, it has a way of strengthening you. So if we're going to advance in adversity, we have to learn how to welcome it. Stop getting angry at, at pain and difficulty and adversity. Stop, stop fearing the struggle. Stop fearing the challenge. Stop getting all worked up every time something doesn't always go our way. You know, we have two beautiful girls, seven and nine, and they're at that age where you're just constantly reinforcing things. You're constantly teaching them basic principles. You're constantly teaching them not to spaz their face off at small things. Right? Right? That's my best way to describe what children do is spaz their face off. And you're just like, oh, my God. Why are you getting so worked up over a little thing, right? Chill out. <laughs> and that's the same thing with our life, right? It's like challenges come, difficulties come, and we freak out. We get all emotional. We take it to social media and vent all of our pain and struggles and issues and dramas. And it's like, chill out. You're facing adversity, not the end of the world, right? You're facing a challenge. Life isn't over. It's not done. You're not finished, right? And, and realizing that whenever pain comes, James even talks about this, consider it pure joy. Man, what a statement. What a statement. People can only make a statement like that when they understand that adversity is a friend, right? If you constantly think of pain, challenge, struggle, adversity as your enemy, then you'll never be able to receive the rewards that it can bring to your life, right? And so I have to begin to see, God, if I'm facing a challenge, there must be something you're developing in me, and I'm thankful for that, right? If, if I'm coming up against adversity, there must be a reason that you're taking me down this track. Instead of freaking my face off, I am going to look to you and trust you. And I'm going to realize that God has something for me in the middle of this. We cannot, we cannot give into this, this mindset that, you know, that life is, I'm going to achieve something great easily. You know, one of the other things that we can all do as humans, and you especially see it in young kids, is they only want to do what they want to do, right? Hey, Mercedes or Kenzie, do this. I don't want to right? And then as an adult, you're like, I'm not sure when that was in the equation or not. I'm, I, I didn't really ask if you were like feeling it. If you thought like this was a day you wanted to do that, I just said to do that. So then I would want you to do that, right? <laughs> Regardless of your feelings, you know what I'm saying? But we live like that as adults, God gives us a promise or a challenge or a command, and we go, well, I don't feel like doing that. 
I don't really feel like that. Forgiving, loving people who are against me? No, no, no. I'm not feeling that today, God. Why don't you check back in a month or two, see if things have changed. You know what I'm saying? No, 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 no. God's not up there going, man, listen, I need you to follow this. When you feel it, if not at your leisure, do what you feel, right? No, no. I, I, I have to understand that it, I don't disadvance in life based on my feelings. Whenever I, I like doing stuff, then I'm going to go for it. I, I have to do it in spite of sometimes how I feel, the storm, the difficulty, right? I follow him. You know what, uh, one of the things I love when you think of the, the disciples walking with Jesus, you'd assume they would have recognized his messianess earlier, his greatness, but remember when Jesus tells them to go on the boat, right? And, and there, well, there's a couple times in that, that specific scenario, but he is sleeping in the boat. Remember that one? And they're out there and the waves are coming and they are afraid, right? They're spazzing their face off, and uh, they think they're going to die. And they finally wake up Jesus, and Jesus just, peace be still, he calms the storm. And then they go, man, who is this, right? Who is this who can calm the storm, who, who can speak to the wind and the waves? And I thought what was interesting is that they got a revelation of Jesus in the storm that they wouldn't have had before. And one of the beauties, one of the, one of the best things about adversity is you'll get to see Jesus in a way you've never seen before, right? You'll see him in the fire like Meshach, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did. I don't know three words of people's names that are harder to say in a row than those because <laughs> they can go horribly wrong, right? So, but... They saw Jesus. Jesus was revealed in the fire. In the boat, when the storm's coming, Jesus' peace is revealed in the middle of the storm. And when you're facing adversity, embrace it as a friend and begin to look for Jesus like you've never seen him before. Because you're going to come out of that season. You're going to come up out of that fire. You're going to come out of that storm. And you're going to emerge with strength you didn't have, a revelation of Christ that you didn't have in your personal life, maybe in your marriage, in your finances, in your, in your vision. And, and whatever it is, God will begin to reveal himself to you. The disciples discovered Jesus in the storm, and so will you. So you'll find he's, he, he, he's not outside the storm. He's right there in it, right? And he's speaking. Come on, he's speaking peace. He's speaking life right in the middle of the storm. Don't, 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 try, to, don't try to run from storms. Look for Jesus. Amen? Amen. Here, here's another thing to help us advance in adversity. Number two is don't quit. There we go. Pretty simple. Don't quit. You know, as a culture, we quit real easy. <laughs> Man, painful, we quit. We don't like it, we quit. We're constantly, too easily stopping and quitting before we really experience the benefit of the storm in the first place. If we abort the mission, if we, if we abort the storm, so to speak, if we, we leave too soon, if we quit too early in it, we'll never see the strength come that God is trying to use that in your life to produce in the first place. You know, when you're, when you're working out, you're just going to have to trust me on this. I've, I've, I've read some things. When, when, 
when you're working out. I've heard. Right? There's a stretch, and there's a tearing, and then there's a rebuilding. Right? That's how your muscles build. That's how it grows. That's how you expand from, from where you are. Sorry, just so tight. Just... Sometimes you got to prophesy those things that are not as though they are. Come on, somebody. <laughs> if we quit before the stretch and before the tarry, we're never going to see the strength come. So God's wanting to use your situation to strengthen you to be able to take on bigger and greater uh, you know, promises and journeys and adventures and challenges. But if we're constantly quitting too soon, we really miss out on what God's trying to do. And, and it's usually, it's in that pressure, it's in that stretching moment that we begin to, to quit on things, quit on marriages, quit on relationships and friendships, quit on our job, quit on our future, quit on our calling. Because here's the reality, because we have such a, I only do what I like and what I feels good and what sounds good and what's convenient and what's easy, then when I'm in the stretching moment, those are anything but easy, <laughs> fun, you know, happy. And even sometimes we can spiritualize, well, I just don't feel peace in it. You mean it's hard? Is that what you mean? Is that what you mean? You mean it's hard? So the peace left. Nah, probably not. Chances are it's just hard. And you need to keep going, right? You don't quit. Don't quit on it. Don't, don't. Stay faithful. Stay consistent. Stay focused. Keep going after what God has given you. Don't, don't stop because it's difficult. Don't, don't just quit because it's hard. Man, too many people miss out. We miss out on things when, when we stop before God has kind of finished his work, when we stop before God has, has done something. And oftentimes, I, I was thinking about this when my daughter and I were playing like some like little addicting video game thing on an on a iPad and it was like a dirt bike, dirt bike game or a mountain bike, extreme BMX or something like that, right? And you're doing these races and as soon as, and I, I've done this too, as soon as you can tell you're not going to win, restart. <laughs> and then you do again. Ah, missed that double jump. Restart. All right? Constantly trying to restart, and you never get to the finish line. You, you never finish. And I think a lot of we oftentimes are always going, man, I need a do-over. I need a fresh start. I need a restart. I need a do-over. I need a do-over. Guess what? You don't need a do-over. You just need to keep going. You just need to keep going. You need to keep going. Don't quit. Stop looking for the next fad, the next diet, the next strategy, the next quick fix, fast track, redo, start over. Don't, that, that's not helping us. That's not helping us as a society and as a culture. We just need some faithfulness. We need some consistency, amen? But if we live in a, a mindset that every time I see pain, I need to restart. Every time I see pain, I'm trying to quit. And if, if you found yourself in a pattern of jumping from job to job, friendship to friendship, church to church, chances are what's happening, unrealizing un it, you're, you're, you're building your life up to this threshold of pain and you're bumping up against it. And when you start bumping up against that pain, that's when you start feeling like you want to quit stuff, right? 
Whatever your personal pain threshold is, when you start hitting that, that's when you go like, you know what? I don't feel like God's called me to a different church all of a sudden. You know, like, you know what? I just feel like my boss, you know, and me aren't seeing eye to eye. I think I'm going to move on. You know, hey, you know what? I just think, and it's, we hit that pain threshold, and then we look to escape it, right? Or we can use the pressure of bumping up against that to actually break the ceiling off of that and ex- accelerate to a new level. Because whatever my pain threshold is, is going to be the level of my impact in my life as well, right? I will not be able to make a greater impact in my ability to handle the adversity that's coming my way, right? And if, if I'm going to keep pushing, if I'm going to advance in adversity, then I got to be able uh, to keep going, to stay faithful, and not quit. Advancement requires perseverance all the time. Amen? Point number three, and I'll invite the band to come back up. Point number three, which is pretty much my eternal point number three, stay close to Jesus. Stay close to Jesus. How do we advance in adversity? How do we keep going when it's difficult? Stay close to Jesus. Stay close. I'm going to read John 16, verse 33 first. It says this, I have told you these things. This is Jesus talking. I've told you these things so that in me, someone say in me, in me you may have peace. In this world, you're going to have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. Man, that is the secret sauce of advancing adversity. In me, there's peace. You're looking for peace? It's not going to be in your circumstances. It's going to be in him. Jesus was in the middle of storms, but there's peace where he's at when you stay close to him. And so for you and me, if I'm going to figure out how do I keep going when all hell is breaking loose, it's going to be in Jesus. It's going to be staying close to his heart. It's going to be staying close to his word. It's going to be staying close to his people. It's going to be, i got to stay close. If, if I can keep myself near Jesus, I know I can make it through this storm. If I can stay close to his word, if I can stay close to the heart of God, then I know that I can, I can make it through this thing, right? Even when it feels impossible, even when it feels like everything's against me, even when it feels like it's never going to work or the storm's never going to subside or you're just wondering if you're ever going to see a brighter day again, I'm telling you what, stay close to Jesus in the middle of those situations. He says, take heart. Come on, don't fear. Somebody in the room, you need to receive that. Come on, don't be afraid. Take heart. He's overcome the world. He's overcome the world. He's with you. In him is where you're going to find peace. You know what? I love um, all kinds of, you know, self-help and self-equipping and training and coaching and health stuff and, and, and you know, counseling and, and this, all kinds of psychology, all kinds of that stuff. It's great. It's amazing. It's helpful. Helps us dial in who we are. But at the end of the day, your next strategy of how to deal with something isn't going to be your secret to peace in the storm. It's going to be in Jesus and in him alone. He is the only place where there is a peace that passes all understanding, no matter what you're facing. It's in Jesus. Somebody who understood that well was King David. And I'll end with the iconic chapter of of the book of Psalms, Psalm chapter 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. 
He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk, even though I walk through the darkest valley or the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. I'll fear no evil. Why? For you are with me. You're with me. Your rod and your staff that comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and your love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So good. How good is that? What a breath of fresh air that is. But here David is. We read that and just feel so peaceful, so calm. He's literally in the middle of attack. And this is... This is the anthem. This is the psalm that comes out of his spirit. He says, I'm not going to fear evil. Not because he's bigger and stronger and braver. He's not going to fear evil because God's with him. And even in the middle of the darkest valley, you're in those places where you can't see your way through it. He says, you know know how I'm going to not fear? It's your rod and your staff. He's going to, just like a sheep with a shepherd, he's going to feel the touch of the staff guiding, tapping on. Right? Even in the middle of the, the situation I'm facing, I'm not going to fear evil because I know you're with me. Stay close to the shepherd. Stay close to Jesus. Stay close to his word. Stay close in his presence. And I'm telling you what, whatever you're facing, whatever the adversity is, God's going to strengthen you. God's going to put his hand on you. He's going to help you to advance in adversity, to step into all the promises that God has for you. But the way to the promised land is not via an easy path that takes no effort, that has no challenge, that has no giants. The pathway to the promises of God that he has for your life is through adversity. So don't run from it. Don't try to avoid the storm. Don't try to avoid giants. Run after them. No that God is with you. Amen. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our pastors, team, and what we do at C3 San Diego, go to C3SanDiego.com. 